0: And welcome to forbes india cover story podcast series in association with the indicas.com this issue's cover is about e-commerce and about more importantly a new trend that could shape this industry in the near future and joining me over the call from bangalore to talk about his cover is senior assistant editor Rohin dharma kumar good evening Rohin. how are you doing
1: good evening abhishek glad to be back with you again
0: Thanks. And uh, you are no stranger to e-commerce. You've done one story on Flipkart about a year ago. And about a couple of years back, you had done one on how e-commerce is catching up in rural India, uh, how people were buying washing machines and refrigerators from you know, small towns. What is this story about? How is it different from just a year back? Uh, how much has this e-commerce industry changed? And the title, I know it's a long question, bear with me. The title of your story reads the new e-commerce gold rush. So what are we talking about here?
1: It's quite interesting that you should mention the two last covers that we did on e-commerce. The one before Flipkart was on how e-commerce is catching on in a big way and people even outside of our leading cities are buying you know, refrigerators and ACs and TVs online. The interesting part is I think a lot of that has for some reason slowed down. I mean, for instance, one of the hottest companies in You know, our original cover story in e-commerce, the one that you were referring to, was a company called Let's Buy, which primarily sold electronics online. Flipkart took over Let's Buy, which I spoke about in my other cover on Flipkart, because Let's Buy had essentially run out of money and was desperate to sell itself. You know, and and I could be wrong on this, I don't think personally the online electronics category, I mean, especially in things like fridges, TVs, ACs, is as vibrant today as it was when we wrote that story. So in that sphere, I think online competition has come down. Maybe it's just the case that e-commerce companies have figured out that, look, it's just not easy selling ACs online and delivering it free of cost and there's a lot of complexity so maybe it's a natural selection at work as well. That's an interesting bit because you were asking me how have things progressed and you can see that start change between these three covers from a Let's Buy which was selling lots of consumer electronics online which closed down and was bought over by Flipkart to now, which is our current cover which is essentially the rise of third-party marketplaces which is what we're calling the new gold rush.
0: Right, before we go any further, what is a third-party marketplace in, in layman's terms? What does it mean?
1: In layman's terms... It's what eBay was all these years. What was eBay? eBay essentially was a marketplace where you could go and buy stuff. The stuff wasn't sold to you directly by eBay, but one of the other people, third-party sellers on the eBay platform, right? So let's say you buy like a Bosch home drill set. For some reason, those sets seem to be selling a lot online. I don't know. India is not a country of DIYers, so I don't know maybe (laughs) why people are buying it, but anyway. So, somebody sitting in, let's say, Pune would sell it to you and eBay would handle the payment. That person would ship it to you and you'd rate that person independently. So, that's essentially a third-party marketplace where the site where you're buying it from is not selling you the stuff directly. Instead, it's just a platform and somebody else, a seller, is selling the product to you. That's what eBay was and That's where I think this trend is catching on in a big way in India right now. Most of the leading e-commerce players are introducing their own third-party marketplaces.
0: Right. So, for example, an e-commerce firm tying up with a major consumer durable outfit like, let's say, Vijay Sales, about which you do mention in in your story. So, a consumer can place an online order on, say, Flipkart and Flipkart delivers that washing machine from go-down off of Vijay Sales to
1: your house. You know, it's a little tricky because what you mentioned just now could also be in the context of first-party sales, for instance, under a dropship kind of method, where it's quite possible that earlier you order a product and Flipkart or any other e-commerce site for that matter chooses not to stock that inventory in its own go-downs. Instead, when it receives an order, it goes to one of its suppliers and says, look, I've received an order. I'm picking this up from your go down And I'm going to ship it, and here's the money that I will transfer to you. That's a first party seller model. In this case, what happens is, let's say you go to Jabong, you search for, let's say, Samsung Galaxy S4, and earlier you would just get one result saying Samsung Galaxy S4, 41,000, one day delivery, click to buy. Now you will see there are four sellers available for this product with prices ranging from, let's say, 39,900 to 41,500. This seller has a rating of 3.5, 3.5, this seller has a rating of 4, this seller has a rating of 4.7, and these are the timelines. This seller offers free delivery, this guy doesn't, he charges you for it. It's quite possible that Jabong itself might be one of the sellers, in case they do happen to stock their own inventory on that product. So then you decide which seller you want to buy it from, depending on what works best for you. Maybe it's cheapest, but it'll come only after five days. Another guy might be offering a thousand bucks more expensive, but he'll ship it to you tomorrow. So that's what a third-party marketplace is about. and. The fulfillment of that, there are variants here. In some cases, that inventory may be located already in Jabong's warehouses and it may ship it to you. When I say inventory sitting in their warehouses, I'm not saying it's their inventory. It could be Vijay Sale's inventory, but Jabong may be holding it. Though, I mean, as I understand it, Jabong says it has no intention of doing so. Nonetheless, so so there are these variations possible. So that's, that's essentially what a third-party marketplace is. So just to kind of come back to the original example which you quoted, it's not necessary that if you place an order and Flipkart goes to Vijay Sales, it doesn't imply either first party or third party, so obviously. We have to kind of figure out how was it that you place the order? Did you place it with Flipkart? Did Flipkart get the order or did Vijay sales get the order? That's mm-hmm. I think the difference. So
0: would that mean the business model of some of the players will slowly shift from stock and sale that some of these guys do to having
1: this marketplace in place? So here's the thing, right? So Internationally, third-party marketplaces are enormously successful. In most of the markets in Asia, for instance, third-party marketplaces rule the roost by far, right? China, Japan, South Korea, Australia. The lion's share of the e-commerce market is held by third-party marketplaces and pure third-party marketplaces. In India, what a Flipkart or a Jabong is attempting to do is to become a hybrid, which essentially they'll have their own first-party sales. And they'll also have a third-party platform, which is what Amazon already does. Now, Amazon is the only player of scale and size internationally that has managed to do this successfully, which is sail with both feet, one each in the first-party boat and the third-party boat. Otherwise, most of the guys are either first-party or they're third-party. Like eBay is third-party. Taobao and Mall in China are third-party. G-Market in South Korea is third party. Rakuten in Japan is third party. So here, a Flipkart or a Jabong will be more like Amazon and that's going to be tough for them because there are a lot of conflicts that will come up. But there are guys, like for instance, there are guys like Shop Clues and Traders in India and Snapdeal, let me not not, uh, forget them, who are saying that, look, we will be exclusively third party marketplaces and we will not sell stuff of our own, but we will only become a platform.
0: So, in terms of common sense, it should work for everybody, right? They don't hold their own stock. It's it's a marketplace. You have buyers and sellers. The best price or the trade-off between price and delivery, etc. will win. As a business model, this should outdo the stock and sale or other types of uh, doing business, right? That would mean you would have that much more money as in margins, which perhaps you could pass some of that to the customer and also not pay those exorbitant real estate prices to stock
1: your goods or you know be locked in. In theory, Abhishek, absolutely. And this is great common sense. Unfortunately, when it comes to e-commerce, not just in India, but around the world, common sense is usually out of stock. And it's not in (laughs) inventory, right? In India, too, if you notice, there's a reason why eBay didn't run away with the e-commerce market, though it's been around for like, what? I mean, it's been around since 2004, 2005. Right, when Baji was sold. Exactly. But it took the arrival of Flipkart and most of the other guys to essentially supercharge the market and to create the e-commerce boom so there's something to be said about that in theory if eBay was so great how come they didn't I'm not saying they're not successful they are successful but let's face it it's these other guys the first party guys the inventory led guys who essentially caused the market to explode quote unquote so in theory you're right but in practice what actually happened is the Indian consumer was unwilling to loosen her purse strings in a marketplace setting because she didn't trust the guy who's selling it like you know often there was no cash on delivery or that guy would promise something and it, something else would arrive or it will arrive after one week or two weeks so unpredictable and here comes flip card which says that look place an order sometimes you'll get it on the same day sometimes you'll get it by the next day and hey you know what in a small number of cases you might get it like in you know, after two days we're sorry about that and here's great customer service you don't like it just tell us we'll take it back no problem We'll refund your money. It's a superb experience, right? And Indians were not used to that kind of an experience even from established modern retailers like Shoppershop and Lifestyle. And of course, Flipkart and the others of its silk were able to do that because they had tens of hundreds of millions of venture capital money in the aggregate to build these services, to build these kind of predictable logistics, customer service, returns, all of this. So that's how the market took off. But all good things must come to an end. And, you know, venture capital money too So a lot of these guys are now figuring out, hey, you know what, we're in a situation where our cash burn is still pretty bad. We're losing more money as we grow even bigger. So we need to do something to bring that down. Third-party marketplace is therefore now being seen as a magic bullet, which, as you rightly pointed out, has a lot lesser cost as compared to operating your own inventory and being a first-party marketplace. And Amazon's already done that. I mean, its third-party marketplace is estimated to be growing at around 80% per annum compared to its retail market is going at about 20% per annum. And even though its third-party marketplace revenues are just about maybe 10%, they contribute about 40% to its bottom line because they're inherently more profitable. So Amazon's margins have actually started inching up because of third-party marketplace. And that's what I think is a template that many of the e-commerce guys in India are essentially playing by. That look, by doing this, we're going to become more profitable, we're going to grow even faster because You know, we don't need to stock all that inventory before selling it.
0: Another benefit to many small and medium enterprises or retailers is that they can put their wares up on these websites to sell their stuff, which otherwise they would have had to sell only from the physical location where they are put up in. For instance, some artisans in Jaipur, they can sell their furniture to customers who buy them off, say, pepperfry.com. There is this new industry of small and medium enterprises that can be tapped into.
1: Absolutely, you're right. You know, in fact, Pardon the cliche, but it'll be like a brave new world. I mean, if the SMEs and our third-party marketplaces can manage it, which is essentially that anyone sitting anywhere should be able to sell their stuff through multiple places. They should be able to put it on their own website. They should be able to put it on multiple third-party marketplaces. And depending on wherever the order comes from, they should be able to harness logistics and delivery partners will be able to deliver it free, which obviously is taken care of in the overall price. Gone are the days of, I hope, When I say gone are the days, I'm not saying they are, but I'm hoping they will be. Where, in a sense, a guy sitting in Jaipur had to essentially figure out, you know, I've got these 10 pieces. Let me convince some retailer to keep five of them in a store and Mm -hmm. then wait for, you know, a year and see how many were sold. And then he'll say, look, three were sold, one got damaged, and one is still lying here. Can you come and pick it up? Instead, now he can either keep it with himself or he can locate it at one of these third-party marketplaces, warehouses, and harness customers wherever they are in India.
0: But at the same time, your story in the end, it also mentions that not everyone is equally convinced. You've interviewed Meantra's founder, Bansal.
1: That's right. Mukesh. Mukesh. So two of the biggest skeptics in this space are Meantra. And the other one is Home Shop 18, which I must add is part of the Network 18 group, which also publishes Forbes India. So these two are, I think, among the top five e-commerce companies who are consciously choosing to not launch a third party marketplace right now. Because their argument is that look for a third-party marketplace to work. You need many of the other supporting services, for instance, logistics, warehousing, interstate commerce, to be fairly mature and even suppliers. And, And they don't think that that's happened yet. They believe that they still like to solve the problems that they're facing. You know, how do I get more better products to consumers? How do I improve their experience? How do I get it in their hands even faster? How do I manage the returns process? So they don't want to divert themselves from solving those problems by adding on another complex set of problems around the third-party marketplace. I mean, there's a reason why most people like Flipkart, right? It's predictability, it's speed, it's efficiency. That didn't come about by using third-party suppliers, partners. I think a strategic decision for them to invest in these services to become the best in their sector.
0: This is brilliant news for customers or consumers, right? Because all this in such a short period of time, in the last six years, e-commerce has gotten people convinced to put their credit card information online for the ones who are not wanting to do that. You have cash on delivery. Now you have people walking with the card swiping machines where you can do it while you are at home.
1: That's so, card on delivery.
0: Card on delivery,
1: right. Yeah, so we order our groceries in Bangalore from Zop now and the guy comes with a card reader. So we actually pay for our groceries with our card from our doorstep i know it's out of context but you know they deliver within three hours i order something and you know they're there with the stuff at my doorstep within three hours with a card reader
0: is there a minimum amount of purchase that
1: you have to do like two thousand rupees five hundred bucks if you want to avoid the delivery charge Reasonable. Is 30, if i'm not mistaken 30 yeah 500 is all right right what household today doesn't buy groceries worth 500 bucks every week
0: yeah, but you are an evolved e-commerce or an online buyer. Some of our listeners should know that Rohan also buys Frozen, no, not Frozen, Fresh Catch from Kerala, which is courier to him the next day on a website. Tell us more about it. <laughs> no, no, not, about
1: so this is the first time I'm doing it. I don't want to kind of <laughs> oversell myself. The fact that this is the first time that I'm doing it uh, proves that I'm not advanced in any sense. I mean, it's a site called C2Home, S-E-A-T-O-H-O-M-E dot com. And I think so essentially what they do is When you place an order, the next day morning they source it locally in Kerala from that day's morning catch and then they send it to you in an aeroplane in a thermocol box. So the fish that is there with you is at best maybe 24 to 36 hours old and it's not frozen. It doesn't have any chemicals in it.
0: And this too can be an example of a third-party marketplace, like right? like fishermen in Kerala who wouldn't have otherwise sold stuff to somebody sitting in Bangalore. No, not
1: really, because in this case the fisherman is not selling to you directly, right? So the inventory risk is being borne by Sea to Home, right? So it's the first party. Sea to Home buys the inventory from the fisherman and then it gives it to me, just to kind of not to belabor the point. But in this case, I don't think it's new stuff. I think it's the speed. That is different, right? In the traditional listing, without an e-commerce or a system of a confirmed order and all that, somebody has to, I mean, the fish, I mean, you know, fishermen go out every night and in the morning when they reach shore, they have fish to sell. Somebody has to buy it. Somebody has to hold it, stock it, Till a consumer buys it. Consumer in Bangalore, consumer in Delhi, consumer in Bombay. Therefore, that supply chain necessitates that that fish must be stored in ice till somebody is willing to buy it. In this case, I think C2HOME and hopefully many others which will follow it turn the model on its head saying that you give us an order and we'll go buy it the next day morning and we'll ship it to you we don't need to kind of freeze it because we don't hold stuff in inventory we only buy what we've got orders for and i think there are other sites for instance there is another grocery site in Bangalore called town essential which is fantastic and that's what they do you place an order today they bunch all the orders that they receive during the day and next day morning their staff goes to various mondays and to farmers, and they actually source it based on the orders that they've already received from customers. So the stuff that you get then the next day is not stuff that's been coming stored in their go-downs or warehouses for the last three days, four days, one week, but the stuff that's been purchased the next day morning at a Monday and is coming to you. So it's not just about new players coming to the market or the Monday coming to the market. It's just a new way of approaching things. And, And I think most of these guys, at least a good one, they assure you that the stuff that they send to you will be top class and if it's not you can return it so if i buy a bunch of let's say tomatoes and the tomatoes i get are not first class i mean i just give it back to the guy and i pay him less for if he takes it back yes
0: like we said it's great news for consumers all of all of this and last question what about the yeah.
1: third party market business
0: where do you see this going especially uh, what did some of the venture capitalists have to say to you about this new concept because it's relatively new the whole industry is not that old. So what what do these big guys who have all the money have to say to you when you interviewed them?
1: Venture capitalists are both excited as well as circumspect about this. They're excited because of all the reasons that we discussed, right? That you can scale much rapidly with much less capital using a third-party marketplace model. An infinite number of new products and merchants can come to your own platform and sell. And you as a fat cat owner of that platform plainly take a cut out of every transaction that's made everybody in, always wants to be a platform because a platform takes a cut out of everything that happens, right? Now, the reason why they're also circumspect is that, let's go back to the title, right? The gold rush or the land grab. Everybody wants to kind of, I mean, I exaggerate when I say everybody, but practically a lot of the leading e-commerce bunch wants to become a third-party market marketplace. The fact is, not everybody will be equally successful at it because in most countries, you see maybe two, three Four, at the most, marketplaces tend to control the lion's share of the market.
0: And we may also have some foreign players make an entry, right? Amazon already has a face in India through jungly.com. And one of the companies I was speaking to, a Chennai-based
1: mobile phone retailer called Universal, which has about 450 stores in India, says that it's already been approached by a bunch of marketplaces to kind of join their platforms, including by Flipkart and by Amazon, Satish Babu. The founder and CEO of Universal says that he's already been promised by Amazon that he'll be joining the platform as a platinum seller. So let's take it at face value. But we do know that Amazon is interested in the India market, but I have no real date on when they will enter. But this is, you know, the data as I heard it from Universal.
0: So to use a cliche, exciting times ahead for e-commerce yet again and hope to read another one in another year's time, maybe if something new comes about uh, from the e-commerce I like the fact.
1: I like the fact that you're saying that, look, don't come back with another e commerce cover before 12 months. Give it some time.
0: <laughs> One year is a reasonable time, and I'm sure you've been doing that. Uh, you've been spacing out your e commerce stories by at least a year. So let's see if it comes soon or nothing like it. All you listeners, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com, and you can subscribe to this on iTunes as well. Just type in Forbes India on the top right section of the page. And to have someone contact you for a Forbes India subscription, just message Forbes. And before signing off, in some other interesting news from this issue, read about Bitcoins, a digital currency that has sprung up recently and another column about what you should be really looking at while buying a stock.